What is going on, guys? My name is Ryan Prendes, a Ryder Crypto Guy, and this is my boy, Nestor Sanchez. What's up, guys? Thank you for joining today's podcast. I hope you enjoy it. And we are the Masternodes. Again, thank you guys for tapping in. Much appreciated. As always, if you guys have any questions, feel free to ask them down below. Remember to stay at the end to hear about some more additional resources that we're going to provide y'all to get you guys more in tune with the cryptocurrency space. But without further ado, let's go ahead and jump in today's podcast episode. We're going to be talking about the intro to cryptocurrency beyond fiat. Things you guys need to know as beginners in the cryptocurrency space. All right, let's go ahead and start with the first part of the series. So Nestor, first and foremost, we got to talk to the people about what exactly are cryptocurrencies. Yeah, I get this question all the time. And simply put, it's a currency that uses cryptography, right? <laughs> kind of within the name, it makes sense. Cryptography is just a technology that basically encodes the data so that I can go into your wallet and just start sending myself money, right? It makes it secure and it makes it so that not everybody knows who's sending money, receiving money, but they know that it is being utilized and it is secure because of some things like the blockchain technology and cryptography in itself. That in itself is very important to understand. You need to know what are cryptocurrencies. But I feel like the second most important question is why was it created? Because why even have a new type of currency if we don't need it? So cryptocurrency was actually created because back in 2008, we we're having a huge crisis uh, within our economy not just here, but globally. And so someone named Satoshi Nakamoto, it's a pseudonymous person. We don't actually know who this person is or if it's a group or an entity. They just went by the pseudonymous name, Satoshi Nakamoto, and they realized that banks had a lot of power, right? They were either giving out money to people they weren't supposed to give out money to, or they were using money in ways that they shouldn't have been using money. And so what Satoshi Nakamoto did was he realized there needs to be a change, right? There needs to be some sort of backup plan because right now with the way our current banking system is, it's not working. It's, it's failing us. And so what he decided to do was create a banking system that didn't necessarily require a middleman to control it. It was all autonomous. And so he created what's called and known today as Bitcoin. It was one of the first cryptocurrencies to come out. It kind of set the standard of how cryptocurrencies should run and operate. And to this day, it hasn't really failed anyone. I don't think it's failed at all, to be honest. Um, and so although it hasn't been out for a very long time, cryptocurrency or Bitcoin really set the standard for its creation um, and was kind of like created to combat banks, right? Because without a middleman, you don't necessarily need any regulation by anyone or any party or any entity with their own agenda in mind, right? And so with that being said, the reason why it was created was really to combat our traditional banking system and find an alternative form of banking that wouldn't necessarily require as much control from a middleman, but really would allow anyone to utilize it anytime, anywhere. Bitcoin is a banking structure basically without a bank. And not only does it not require a bank, but it doesn't require the government, right? Because the government actually controls all the types of money that we've had um, before Bitcoin. Yeah, so governments like the U.S., they control the U.S. dollar. Canada's controlling the Canadian dollar. Japanese are controlling the Japanese yen. 
And before that, there was no other way to get around using that money. And the reason you might need to use that money or get out of that money actually is because your dollar is constantly losing value. And Bitcoin was created not only to combat banks, not only to com combat governments, but also to combat inflation. So Bitcoin was created with a couple of philosophies in mind, um, one of them being value, right? They wanted to create something that is not only valuable, but also earns value over time. And the reason it earns value is due to scarcity. Another thing that is very important is anonymity. They want it to be sort of like a cash, right? When you think about the $20 bill, I can spend that anywhere in the U.S. because um, it's a $20 bill, right? <laughs> We're in the U.S. Anybody can use it. And they don't really care who I am, right? Because a $20 bill is a $20 bill, so it shouldn't really matter. Same thing with Bitcoin. Bitcoin is Bitcoin. As long as somebody accepts it, there is no real need to understand the other person. They don't really need to know my name. Um, with credit cards, not only do they know your name, they know where you live, they know who you are, they know where you work, they know how much money you make, how many kids, how many baby mamas you got. So this is pretty insane, right? How they have all this information just for me to buy a $20 worth of sodas at the liquor store. So anonymity, value, um, they also want it to be fair, right? So anybody in the entire world could utilize it as long as you have some Wi-Fi, as long as you have some type of application. So these are all some of the philosophies that cryptocurrency really keeps um, within its, I would say, protocol. And not every cryptocurrency has these same values. And you have to kind of distinguish them when you're researching that. So we kind of been talking about why we don't need a bank, why we don't need a government, why we don't need all this control and regulation, right, when it comes to cryptocurrency. So can you talk a little bit about what is the alternative? Like what makes cryptocurrency so distinct from our traditional form of banking? Yeah, that's a beautiful question. So we don't need banks. We don't need governments to run cryptocurrency. It runs through Wi-Fi, through the internet, and through everyone around the world. And this is this concept is called decentralization. So it's basically taking out the middleman, taking out the central entity that is controlling it, and basically giving the power to everyone. So I'm going to give a quick example of Bitcoin. With Bitcoin, I can have a PC and or a miner, um, an ASIC miner, that basically runs the program through itself, right? It's running the program all the time. It's helping the blockchain develop. It's helping the security of cryptocurrency. And I'm going to be earning Bitcoin because I am basically using my electricity, ut utilizing my computing power, to uphold cryptocurrencies. So Bitcoin specifically, I'm earning Bitcoin while mining with my PC. And this basically gives everyone the power, right? So if I'm mining, I'm not the only person mining. There are millions of people mining all across the world. So millions of millions of people are inputting computing power, are inputting their resources to help build up Bitcoin. And they are earning Bitcoin. This basically makes it so that they don't need some central entity like the bank to be running that software, to be utilizing that electricity and all those things in between. This decentralization is not only integral to Bitcoin, but other softwares that are out there, right? You think about 
um, all the things that we could utilize on our laptop, right? Storage capacity, gaming. Um, if you think about building websites, all these different things can be done in a decentralized manner. And that's what sets it apart from what we normally have. It's basically the next step in evolution of software. So it's not just finance like you would traditionally think. Now, this is awesome, right? Decentralization is great, but that's not the only positive to come out of cryptocurrency. Ryan, what do you think are some of the advantages we have when it comes to cryptocurrency? I think some of the advantages that we have when it comes to crypto is that really you aren't being regulated by anyone, right? When it comes to cryptocurrency, it's all decentralized. There is no middleman kind of telling you what you could do with your money, what you can't do. Um, it's really, you are your own bank. You know, I feel like the biggest thing when it comes to cryptocurrency is BYOB. It's not bring your own beverage or bring your own beer. It is be your own bank. And so by allowing yourself to purchase this new asset called cryptocurrency, you're allowing yourself to really just be your own bank, have full control of your money for once. We never had really full control of our money. Even to this day, when it comes to financial or even to this day, when it comes to like the traditional form of banking, you look at it and no one really has full control over their money. I mean, look at what happened with our recent, uh, oh, I mean, look at what happened with Silicon Valley Bank. You know, people had their money in theirs. And we were talking about multi-million dollar tech startups. You know, not just your basic average run-of-the-mill $100 account. <laughs> we're talking about, you know, millions of dollars in their account. And so if we're being quite honest, I mean, these people, I mean, luckily they were able to get bailed out by the United States government. But what if they weren't? Then they would be, you know, SOL. And so I think what cryptocurrency really did what it, was it allowed people to really just step back and be like, damn, I really don't have control over my money. But now I can have control over my money simply by pressing buy. I feel like that's one huge advantage is ownership. You can own the cryptocurrency. And by owning the cryptocurrency, you can also basically be a part of the growth of it. You know, you could stake it. You can vote you can really mine it and earn more um more of that cryptocurrency but i feel like that's one of the few advantages as well because there are a lot more right you can send your cryptocurrency absolutely anywhere in the world it's not just something specific to the u.s you can also utilize it pretty fast right um it's not instantaneous um by any means well, not yet, at least. I mean, some cryptocurrencies are pretty instantaneous. And in terms of fees, um, it's it's not really that big, right? They're, you're not spending thousands of dollars just to move money. And with banks, you kind of have to have, you know, these different requirements such as minimums. You also pay fees to open the bank. You have to um, pay overdraft fees and all these different things when... At the end of the day, they're using your money to make money, which is pretty crazy, right? They're utilizing your hard-earned money to build their empires. And if something happens, like with the Silicon Valley, well, guess what? You're the one paying for that, not them, right? Because they got bailed out. Who cares? 
their CEO still got paid, right? They not only did they get paid, but they got bonuses right before that, right? So um, there's definitely um, a lot of pros when it comes to all this. Um, Bitcoin is awesome because it's scarce. So not only does it save you um, from these bank failures, but it saves you from inflation. So um, you're able to make money, not just have your money sitting there. So we, you know, we seem to be talking up this new asset cryptocurrency a lot, right? But uh, with any investment opportunity, there's always those risks. There's always those potential drawbacks that we see. Uh, what would you say are some of the risk or potential drawbacks when it comes to cryptocurrency and how, not necessarily how do we avoid them, but how, if we're put in those situations, would you say we can get out of them? Definitely a great question because a lot of people think everything is just black or white, good or bad. And there is always going to be, you know, good and bad with anything. And we do always want to emphasize that there are risks when it comes to investing in general, both cryptocurrency specifically, there are risks of you actually losing your funds, right? And we say losing because you actually have full control over it. So you have the ability to be super secure or you have the ability to be really laxed when it comes to your security. Now we want you guys to obviously be super secure and have your money um, and keep your money because at the end of the day, it's not about how much you make, it's about how much you keep. So you want to have that base of security in order to maximize um, or minimize, I would say, loss. Um, yeah, you could potentially lose your money if you send it to the wrong wallet. Um, this shouldn't really be happening because you should be double checking always when it comes to cryptocurrency. Another thing is not only does Bitcoin go up in value, but it also goes down in value, right? Sometimes um, it's not always going to go up, right? There are cycles to Bitcoin. And when it comes to timing, you know, you could get into Bitcoin at, at a bad time, right? There are times where Bitcoin has gone down for two, three years. And for those people who are who bought it at the top, they're having a really bad experience, right? And if they just hold on to it for more, I think there's a stat out there. If, um, if you hold on to Bitcoin for more than a year, 80% of people have been profitable. So a lot of the times, if you have it during bad times, right? It's just about holding on and really understanding what it is you're buying. So there is that risk of it going down in value, but over time it should appreciate due to scarcity, due to the fact that the U.S. dollar is actually going down in value. Um, you should be making money over time. Ryan, do you think there's any other risks that I may have missed? To be honest, uh, I think there's quite a few, uh, but one of the major ones definitely is the fact that a country can easily ban cryptocurrency. Um, you know, we've seen this a lot with China, right? China has time and time again i can't even tell you how many articles i've seen since i started investing and how many articles there was really prior to me starting investing of china banning cryptocurrency there's been countless occasions of them and so with that i mean there's a lot of fear right there's a lot of fear that oh what if the united states was to cancel all cryptocurrency or ban cryptocurrency all outright 
But I feel like a lot of people also don't understand that just because one country bans it doesn't necessarily mean it's banned everywhere, right? I mean, even if China did actually at one point ban it all in their country and even shut down all Bitcoin miners in their country. But even with that happening in a whole country as big as China shutting down all of their mining rigs, this still didn't stop cryptocurrency. It still didn't stop Bitcoin. As a matter of fact, I believe right after China shut down their mining rigs, the United States had a huge increase in mining rig production, like huge increase in mining rig production. I don't think we're at the top anymore, but I do know we were at the top at one point. And so with that being said, although there is this fear of, you know, a country stepping in and saying, oh, we don't want you guys to have cryptocurrency anymore. Okay, I'll just use it in another country. Use a VPN. You know, El Salvador made it legal tender. I'll send my VPN to El Salvador. I'm chilling. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what, what's crazy about it is they, they can ban it, but they can't stop it. You know, they even if you're in China and you wanted to use crypto, I'm not saying break the law. Right. Do everything you can within the law. But even if you wanted to, you, you totally could. Like Ryan was saying, just use a VPN and they can they can ban it all they want, but they can't stop you. Yeah. So I think with any asset, like I was saying, there's risk that are associated with them. But it's also a matter of just making sure you guys do your own research. You know, if you guys are ever too unsure about something, it doesn't hurt to ask. You know, Nestor's here. I'm here. The master nodes are here uh, to answer any questions that you guys have when it comes to cryptocurrency. Listen, there's not a lot of people that are doing this, right? There's not a lot of people in our space that are on podcasts talking specifically about cryptocurrency. And so when you're in the world that we're in, you tend to make friends very easily. You tend to find people that are in the same subject as you very easily because there's not that many people out there that are doing this, that are talking about this, that are actively participating in the conversation of cryptocurrency. Uh, so if you guys ever have any questions, please do not feel hesitant to ask them. Do not be afraid to ask them. We are here to answer any questions that you guys have, specifically when it talks about any risk being associated with these cryptocurrencies. Because like I said, there are risks and you want to make sure you guys are doing your own research in order to get them answered. But I believe that wraps up today's podcast. Thank you guys for tapping in. Much appreciated as always. If you guys have any questions or concerns, as I said, you could DM me at Ride the Crypto Guy, my boy Nestor at The Bag Chaser. Or you can follow us on any of our social media accounts on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, Twitter, or Threads, all at the Master Nodes. Our visual podcast experience can be found on YouTube, and our audio podcast experience can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all your other favorite podcast sources. You could DM us on social media to see if this opportunity is for you. If you're interested in something like cryptocurrency, stocks, e-commerce, or trading, even travel will actually be able to help you out with that. So appreciate it as always. Have a good one and try your best to choose kind. Yes, thank you everyone for tapping in. Much appreciate as always and bless up.